I was thinking about reading scripts and I try not to read a script uh, with a pencil in hand because it's because I'm try I try not to interrupt the flow of it, but it's a absolute bitch because as I'm reading, it's it's playing out like a freaking movie in my head, and I don't know I'm going to have that experience again, whether it's right or wrong. Hey, thanks for listening. This week I tossed out a post on Blue Sky about not knowing who's listening to this podcast, which, you know, who's listening or seeing or reading or watching is a core concern for all creators. I'm really proud of the conversations that I've had here and quite the embarrassment of riches when it comes to my guest list. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous who I've spoken with. But outside of a great group of listeners, I really have no idea who's out there. And and thank you to the people who do (laughs) let me know. Um, You know, it's not a matter of the validation. I guess I'm a a constant second guesser going, did I not tick the right box? And is this just falling into a, you know, a trash heap and nobody knows? There's a big chunk of me that doesn't care. Hell, I've been doing this for three years. I don't do this for money. I haven't asked for money, but there's a chunk of me that that logistical part of my brain that wants to have some numbers. I, you know, I can get over it. I mean, I tell you, I get over it every single time I wrap up a talk and, you know, we just have a lovely sort of post uh, recording chat. But there's a big chunk of, yeah, that feels great. But then there are these hollows and you go, oh, what am I doing? You know, one of the things that brought this to the surface was I had to take 100 episodes down with so many of these guests who have have graciously come back on to the show. And this is sort of an influx of guests that I didn't have sort of mapped out now it's like, oh, yeah, remember that original guest list that you had of dream people? Well, you can add them back in. And it's daunting. Now I have a backlog of episodes. I've been recording with a bunch of amazing creators in the last month. And I have more of them than I have Tuesdays. It's just a simple numbers game. And it drives me crazy because some of them have specific needs that they need to be out at a certain time and others don't. But I you know I want them all to be out there because I'm really happy about them you know and apologies to the you know ones who recorded with me weeks ago and haven't yet heard theirs I I it pains me too I want to get them out there um, but some people have a book coming out this week you know or tomorrow in this case and that's why we have today's guest on who by the way is Duncan Figredo which is awesome there's a part of me that wants to do this two days a week. The workload is insane to consider, but I'm just saying until I can get through this overload of episodes, put it out on Tuesday, put it out on Friday. It's it's tough because, listen, it takes time to edit these things and, uh, you know, make the graphics and schedule stuff, blah, blah, blah. So I, um, I don't know how feasible it is for an ongoing thing, but maybe for a short period of time, I hope that gets cool with you and 
please let me know if you think it's too much because I don't want to overload you. I know that I feel overloaded with podcasts that I listen to, so I don't want that to be some sort of fatigue syndrome. Um, and there could be thousands of you listening. I don't think there are, but I, there could be, <laughs> and that's great. And you may want more, and I would be happy to make more. But I also have to consider, like, I have a life, I have work, I have dreams of my own, which I want to put out there. I don't know. This is me just spitballing this idea. And hopefully maybe um, everything settles back down. I don't have to think about it. Or maybe this is something that builds into something else. Who knows? Anyway, um, enough of that. Today's guest is Duncan Figredo. This is a very long conversation compared to the others. So I hope you enjoy that. He is a a fan's perennial favorite and artist's perennial favorite. Anybody who makes comics, you say his name and they go, wow, yeah, that guy's the best. And he is. We go through all of like the permutations of his sort of his career from his point of view. And, you know, we talk about his work with Vertigo in 2000 AD, uh, Jay and Silent Bob. But we also talk about the literally unknown California project he did from the uh, 93, 94 movie with Brad Pitt and I think Juliet Lewis. I put a link in the description. It's, it's fucking awesome thing. So go check it out if you haven't seen it. If you have, go back to it. Um, and of course, listen, Hellboy. His work in Hellboy is, you know, magical. I mean, getting to draw that character as much as he has must be such an honor and a privilege and a joy. And um, he's come back with giant robot Hellboy and a first issue comes out tomorrow on the 25th. It's, it's awesome. There's a preview also in the description. So you can click on that and see a few pages. This is me with Duncan Fagredo. I things are the worst when you're an artist. Well, and hand things and sure. Right. You know. Yeah. Hands and eyes are probably the number one concerns. You know, I, I, I recall I was in my studio. This was like 1994, 95. And I was just having like those headaches, you know, those drawing headaches after like at the end of like midday and I'm like, what's going on? And I'm like, oh no, I'm going to go. I'm, I'm going to need glasses. I'm going to, you know, freaking out all those levels, go to the eye doctor. And he's like, no, you're okay, but you're just straining your clothes focus. Like he just kept saying, you know, he's, he's like, you know, like, listen, every hour, just look across the room for five minutes, look out the window, like yeah. just do that. And it made all the difference in the world. It's that and unclench your teeth. Yeah. And in fact, it comes to that. It's like every other muscle in your body that you don't realize it's, it's like um, drawing rigor mortis when you realize the only thing that's actually moving is this <laughs> tiny percentile of your arm. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. The holding of the breath, like the, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, and I still, you know, it's I still do. I, I, I did a little bit of inking on some pieces recently, and I, you know, I just remember, and I don't do it that much anymore. But then I'm like doing these sort of the long curve arc with a brush, and I'm going, and you're holding your breath. You know, it's that whole, oh, okay, like, I'm just so tense about the process. Well, it's pretty good of you to do it. I wouldn't even try. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, I don't have that sort of control. I, yeah. I, have to, I have to worry those those things that look, you know, you want them to look fluid, but I have to worry them out yeah. and make them look fluid in the process. Um, 
yeah, that sort of stuff doesn't come naturally to me. Or it probably would if I could ever actually, you know, relax my tight ass. But, uh... <laughs> totally. I I meditate every morning and I have to like, when I'm doing it, I'll sit there and I'll realize like my mouth isn't relaxed. I'm like, okay, relax. <laughs> just relax your lips. You know, like it's all these kind of little like micro muscle groups that like are just doing that thing. It's, I mean, that. One of the things I've I've dealt with a lot over the years is sleeplessness, and so I tried various ways of um, you know I'd listen. Well, podcasts are great for that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you can fall asleep while you're listening to something, but if you just want to clear your head, um, using one of those um, sleep process um, apps, um, but the trouble is they all do this thing of you know relax your breathing, mm-hmm. and it's, they start with that. And I'm asthmatic, and I, there is nothing relaxing about breathing. If I think about breathing, if I think about breathing, then I then I'm aware of breathing, yeah. and it'd be like it'd be like trying to think about how you walk when you walk, and instantly you can't do it uh, because none of that makes sense. It's like what what am I doing? I'm pushing myself forward, I'm falling over onto the next leg. Well, what if I miss? Right, right, and right, totally. I've, I've been known to do that as well, and and panic inducing. So saying relax is like, well, yeah. time to tighten up, time to tense. That's, you know, and that's, I mean, it's, I mean, because listen, like breathing's a thing, you know, like heartbeat and breathing, we, we should be thinking about those things, right? And no. Nope. Yeah. And, but I mean, like for you, it's been a lifelong consciousness of your breath, right? That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, so you, you don't let it go easily though. No, no. Yeah. So I mean, it's, you know, what makes me kind of tie in some interesting thought is that, like, Adam Hughes cites his having mono when he was like 19, 18, 19, as his breakthrough moment as an artist. He was kind of that young amateur artist and didn't have the discipline, but then he was stuck in bed for three months or so. And all he did was draw. And he said, like, that oh. was the time that, that afforded me to be able to kind of break a lot of the bad habits or whatever they were to get to that next level when we would when we eventually would see him you know, coming out. And like, do you think like being like asthmatic, maybe that so you weren't, you know, running about maybe as much as your, your fellow mates? Like, was that a sort of a thing for you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, wow. I'm just, so I'm still just stuck on the idea of Adam Hughes only coming to this at 19 and doing that. And I'm thinking, like, if he said nine, I would have felt much better about it. Right. Uh, 19's problematic yeah. uh, to get, you know, to appear to come out the gate that good. I'm uh, sure. Well, I'm sure he was. <laughs> this is Adam being, you know, humble, I'm sure, to a degree. But I think he just, for him, that was a moment in his life where it kind of changed. Yeah, I'm reading that as, yeah, I agree. He must have sucked at first anyway. <laughs> and I feel a lot better about it. It's um, yeah. Yeah. But it is that it is that thing. I mean, I was I was never going to excel at sports at school or anything mm. like that because I had limited capacity. And I frankly wasn't interested. And I don't know whether I wasn't interested in sport because of the asthma or whether I simply wouldn't have been interested anyway. That's something I've never actually considered. I must mm-hmm. admit, but um, it's like that. It was that that thing. The one, the one place where I knew I could shine compared to my uh, 
classmates was drawing because that was the thing I spent more time doing because it was a solitary thing. I didn't, you know, no team needed, no going outside needed. It was just me, a pencil and yep. a piece of paper, um, just copying drawings out of comics. And it was something I could do that, you know, and I'm sure it's a common story, I'm sure. Yeah. It's that thing you discovered, the one thing you can do that singles you out from everybody else. And yeah. I, I enjoyed it. It was there was a, a pleasure to be gained from it. I don't know. It must it, it must be just one of those things that um I don't know. I I I don't know what compelled me to do it, but it's that thing it's, there's something that there must be some reward in 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 your brain it's like you do you copy a drawing you copy a photo you copy a drawing uh, you get close to it and your brain sort of releases a small chemical uh to 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 enlighten your system and say yay well done you yeah you feel good about yourself now don't you so do some more yeah it's, it's you know it's interesting yeah. i think there's a couple of things that happen with our with our brains as, as far as like and i'm just going to speak for comic artists but i can't speak for all the other disciplines out there but I think that we spend a lot of time looking at these things at the at the comics and we become very much visually attached to what the what what work looks like and I think our acumen naturally is higher at that point at earlier point than maybe the kids who aren't spending all their time staring at comic books and then copying the drawings so our our distinguishing sort of factor is when we see our drawing and we look, okay, well, it's not exactly the thing, but it's closest as I've ever gotten. Well, maybe someone who doesn't have that acumen may do a drawing and go, well, that's good enough. That's pretty good. I'm proud of that. And then they never kind of go back to it. Like they don't chase that sort of little bit of a, but like, oh, that hand doesn't look good, you know? And then you're like, next time I'm going to try to make a better hand. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, and thinking about it, there's the, the the flip side of that is um, not so much the flip side. It's what is it that actually makes you actually like the comic image in the first place? What is is it these? Because it's not a single image, is it? It's no. it's a sequence of images. So I think it's a it, it's it's communication ultimately. It's it's an emotional response to this sequence of um, uh, of images, and it's kind of it's. It doesn't matter how how long you've been doing it. It's a mysterious thing, that that thing of putting separate images next to each other, and one image and another image, and something between. Uh, it implies motion between the two, or an emotional exchange between the two. And I think at a young age, you're probably more susceptible to that, but don't know why. Yeah. And it's it's it. This kind of goes along with one of those uh, with with the whole idea of actually learning languages as well. I think. Um, I think you're actually just more open to it. Um, you you have um, maybe it's like a, an innate understanding of implications between a sequence of images, and the same thing actually occurs with learning languages. And I think it's one of those. It's one of those things. I really wish I'd started to learn French mm -hmm. when I was, you know, eight, nine, or something. I probably would have resented the hell out of it, hated it, but I suspect it would have gone in better. Yeah, because it was if it was just introduced in a, in a natural way, in a way that's in a comic. You know, like I'm looking at these images, like maybe if I'd seen Tintin at that age, mm -hmm. actually in okay, it wasn't French, but you know, it, if it had been French, for instance, I might have been compelled. Like, well, okay, I'm seeing stuff here going on. Yeah, 
I want to know what's going on in these. You know, I, I want to know the full image. Yeah. I want to know the full spectrum of the information in this in this uh, in this process. I just think maybe that's the thing that kids who aren't interested in drawing so much or aren't interested in developing those things simply. And I am tangenting around somewhat here. They're just not. Um, they're just not picking up on on those same beats that communicate. You might you might get the bare bones of the information that's presented to you, but you're mm -hmm. not getting the full spectrum of the information that is being imparted by these images to you. The language, I you know what it is because it, it, storytelling is a language. And yeah. to be able to like, you know, you know, we all know that kids can pick up these very young children can pick up languages at a faster rate. And that, that I think it's a very similar situation because I mean, you think about it, you know, our reading skills probably aren't very high when we first engage with comic books. So the visuals become more, more important on that on what's happening. And we interpolate the events and the in-between things that happen in the gutters and that language sort of gets imprinted on us and we're kind of sort of by no fault of our own stuck with it. And we have this kind of natural understanding of, okay, well, this is how a visual story is told. And yeah. Huh. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I, 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 I think that's exactly it. And I think it's, it's a, even if you stop, yeah, as you say, your renage as it's described, is you know might not be that high because you even the the, lang the the written language within the comic strip that you're not you there may be stuff you may not understand, and and I'm thinking I'm I'm, I'm pretty much going back to early exposures to to Fantastic Four mm -hmm. um, Lee and Kirby, and you know I I knew there was something about the words. But I might not, have, you know, it, it, I could tell it sounded grand, had a grandeur about it. But if I didn't understand the individual words, um, or, 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 or I, I certainly understood the context mm -hmm. because the image was doing the rest. I mean, and then some. Yeah. And I think that, and, and you know, you 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 take that, then it's going to want, it's going to make you want to read more, isn't it? It's going to encourage sure. you to, you know, develop your reading skills. Yeah, and I I was, I mean, I admittedly was a, a twice comic reader i would read it by looking at the pictures so i'd i'd learn that story first or experience that story and then i would go back and then i would read all the you know the the story with the word balloons to kind of know oh what were they saying what was happening because i i think it was almost a challenge for me to guess what was going on without having you know it told to me yeah, that makes that. I mean, that makes total sense. I mean, apart from anything else, it's like you you've laid down money for this. You want to get full value out of it anyway. It's gonna. T I mean, if you stop it, if you stopped then at two readings, I'd be very surprised. Yeah. Oh. I mean, yeah. you could probably. I mean, you might not actually even read the same books again now, but you could actually hear them when you see them now because you've gone over them so many times. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the. It's it's it. it, it it's one of those situations where, and it's as it is with normal reading, uh, just just reading a novel or watching a film, um, you get older, your life experience increases, uh, you just take in more information, and your context is different. You, you return to the same piece of writing, and you may discover just reading something. Oh, they were referring to this thing, or oh, they've been reading, you know, 
I'm not widely read as full, but you know, it's just one of those things. It's like you realize n- things aren't created in a vacuum. Um, no. Everything, everything, everything flows into it, and you don't exist in a vacuum. It's it's a two way street. It is. It's like pretty much one of those things uh, situations of you get out what you put in. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if you don't know you're putting the time in, you are taking stuff. You know, you're absorbing. You're a sponge. Yeah. You take in information all the time. No, I, 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 for sure. And it's it's an interesting thing. You know, I mean, you and you and I share a very similar interest level when it comes to comics, even though I don't draw them anymore it's the i loved the storytelling part figuring out the layout blocking out everything you know getting all the the sort of the everything everything in place and then i would sit there and i go i gotta render this like it would just it would be this this wall yeah and i would you know and low if i ever had to like ink my own thing i was i was of the of the that who would pencil everything completely and then go towards it with a brush and a pen and which is yeah. not which is kids don't do that figure out how to do the inking no less less the draw the crazy thing is no I, yeah i relate all too well um i used to be i, I I'm not going to say fearless, but more fearless than I used to be. Certainly back when I was um, drawing Enigma, my pages were so roughly penciled. But I don't know whether that was... Well, I was still, I was trying to figure out how to draw for ink mm-hmm. at that stage. And I was... I was um, yeah, it's not something I really I had really developed before. But um, I would just what when I went in one, I, I figured I'd, I'd sort it out in the inks, and up until then, my ink work uh, previously um, had been in you know, college work, whatever, where I was doing sub um, Ralph Steadman esque um, yeah. scratchy pen lines and spatter, and expression was the order of the day, and meld that with. Um, a lot of a, a, a lot of love for 2000 AD art, and you know, craziness would ensue on the page. Um, there'd end up being a lot of patch paper as a result when things didn't go well. Uh, but it didn't matter. I was I, I, I was is one one of the one things I learned at college was, you know, if, if you're drawing for reproduction, it doesn't matter what you do to the page as long as it can photograph in black and white. And I took that to heart. So patch paper, white out, redrawing, patch, you know, patches on patches on patches. This was comics for sensory deprivation with eyesight. Uh, you know, you wouldn't get the story, but you you could tell you could tell shit was going on on the page, yeah, certainly. It was going down. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. As time went on, um, and I, I became, I know, I think you develop, you, I, I, I drawing skills developed and I became more aware desperately well, even halfway through Enigma I was trying to tame what I was doing I was trying to tame that excess and the artwork it did it got I gained clarity and and that continued on um even more so but by, by the time I got to Hellboy where I was I got to the stage where I was um 
a, a pencil per page thing. I can't erase all this stuff. It's so engraved in the engraved in the paper now. I'll I'll scan it, print it out, and I'll, I'll and I'll link the blue lines mm-hmm. because then if I then I can be free, and if I screw it up, it doesn't matter. Yeah, which never actually quite happened. But you know, it was just like it's that thing where you end up yeah between thumbnails and layouts and penciling and ink and I'm drawing the job multiples of times. Crazy. It, it is crazy. And it's that thing, it's that balance is like, I mean, so it's, I, I, I do lament the loss of um, what I did on early Enigma in some ways. I, I still get people saying, saying like, oh, that was my favorite stuff. And, and I, I despaired of it at the time mm-hmm. because it was, it was so out of control. It's so not what I wanted. Right. Um, even, I guess I was actually surprised I even knew that was what I wanted. I suppose that, I mean, that was, that was new information to me. I thought I knew what I was doing. Not a bit of it. Yeah. So anyway, but it's nothing you, you, yeah, you, you gain control and you lose energy. So it's trying to find that balance somewhere. And if you, if you don't find a balance, you've got to find a way of putting it back into it somehow. That's Um, And you try different techniques. That's so perfect. That is that, that, that it's that you gain this ability, but you lose this energy in the process. And I think I so Dave Johnson and I used to be roommates for a while, ah. many, many moons ago. And we talked about that, that we were really both frustrated at how stale everything felt that we were doing. Like we'd built up such a process in our drawing technique where, you know, thumbnail to drawing on top you know, onto copy paper then light boxing that through and then going and inking and well you know note perfect in the terms of what it may have looked like on page it missed the sort of the the timing of jazz you know in there yeah 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 and, and i remember he, i get it completely yeah, yeah and it was this really interesting thing because you know and i look back and i look back and i go man the technique sucks but there's so much life and and boldness and and trying that you can see in old work that you go what the why the you know and it's like it's like that it's the thumbnail man like everything is in the thumbnail like that's all the the, yeah and then like it's you're at that point it's all downhill as far as what the energy level goes and and then as you know as we get older with anything we don't have the energy to keep fighting that fight so we have to really be clever in how we stage everything to begin with (laughs) Yeah, I'm still fighting the same dumb fight. I think <laughs> it's, uh, uh, it's like Mike Mignola recently did a, 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 for the initial press release of um, the Giant Robot Hellboy. He said something, and I didn't see his release beforehand, and not every site carried it. But he actually made a point of saying, um, no matter how difficult he make things, he 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 knows I'll always make it more difficult for myself. <laughs> <laughs> because I I can't help it. <laughs> yeah, and I I really can't. I'm I'm an idiot. So okay, this I'm 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 at the fork of the road in thinking in, in our conversation. I'll, I'll try to do the the tight circle back, and then we'll go and we'll go on a little. Yeah, bit. sorry. No, no, we're going to be going backwards and forwards a lot. I it's, it's fine. <laughs> um, so one thing that is interesting to me because I mean you predominantly have like had the career of kind of like you know finishing your own work. You weren't you weren't sort of subject yeah. to others in in the in the black and white art process and the coloring process in some sense but 
you know, so Michael Golden was my mentor in comics. So I was really lucky to get him early on in my life. And he was really adamant of me trying to get inkers that knew their shit to ink me. So then I could learn what I needed to know, what it needed to look like in the terms of like reproductibility. Like, how do you make this thing look good when it goes on the page? And he's, you know, for him, he's like, listen, I was kind of flailing about until Craig Russell inked me. And then when Craig Russell inked me in the late, you know, whenever it was like 78, he's like, okay, I understood what I needed to do with the drawing to make the final process look good, whether I inked it or somebody else. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I think even with, you know, Mike Miola, that was the same case for him. I think he was, you know, figuring it out in the 80s. And then he does some work. And once again, I may, it might even have been Craig Russell, you know, coming in again and inking him and sort of giving this sort of like understanding and maybe a little bit of Kevin Nolan a little later, you know, like, hey, man, you can really go crazy with the blacks if you want to. So um, and, you know, for you, you didn't have a, bu- a bunch of that. So do you think you struggled more as the artiste in that respect? Or do you, you know, what, what is your make of that? Or am I an idiot? No, no. I think you're you're absolutely right. I think if you, it probably would have done me a lot of good to ink a pencil for somebody else early on, and then see how. Yeah, it's that. See how they interpreted what I what I thought had clarity, and go, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, because you know, you know, you're faced with a a different reality. Yeah. You. Uh, um, I, I, I guess. I mean, the nearest thing I had to that was that, like Sean Phillips and I swapped a few pages on a right on a kid eternity story, and I suppose there was um, there was an element. There was a little bit of an element. Element in that. I remember inking Sean's pages and marveling at how they just. It was absolute clarity. It was, you know, there was no noodling around on the paper. There was no, um, there was no, not gonna, I, I can say no, not no thought process on there at all. Because that's not what I mean. There's no the thought process wasn't wasn't um, contradicting itself on the page. It was mm-hmm. all just there, straight down, and that's pretty much Sean. He has that sort of clarity. Um, Whereas mine, you you know, you looked at my pencil pages. There were uh, there's probably more a reason than there were pencils on the page in the end. Finally, yeah. because I was so freaked out at the thought of um, somebody else having to interpret my drawings. Um, and you know, yet I still I, I still went in there when I did my inks over here. And well, I'm going to change that, <laughs> which was pretty fucked up when I think about it. <laughs> and, and it only occurred to me even after I'd sent it, oh, hang on. You know, he probably drew it that way for a reason. Maybe he wanted it that way. Right. Because this is what, you know, and obviously the same thing happened in, you know, in reverse. It's just, yeah, it's just um, it, the ability to think beyond yourself, uh, think yourself into another per- person's perspective. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is something I've I've not got that in terms of drawing. I don't think, but maybe 
I've got a little bit better, better, better understanding of that in terms of storytelling just from working with Mike because I have been servicing his stories for for, for such a period and, and especially on, on, on the the stories for the main Hellboy story uh, storyline. Um, he had a very specific idea of what he wanted and, you know, I would. T I was used to taking liberties with scripts, and I didn't even realise I was doing the same thing with mics. When I say take liberties, I'm not saying I'm I'm, I'm cutting stuff out. If anything, I'm mm -hmm. adding stuff in. I'm adding extra beats here and there, and I think it drove Mike Mike pretty mad uh, at times when I'd add in extra little panels and things because um, for him it was slowing the action down, and I can see it now looking back. It, it's one of those things where you know you should never it, only look back at old work with a drink or two <laughs> to cushion the blow because you you know and also to give you a sense of clarity to remove yourself from the situation a little bit looking at it in the third person and realize i can see what he meant i can see what he meant yeah you know some things i mean you know but you know it, it, things things got a lot easier as, as time went on but there were there would always be sticking points um where I could try and think, you know, much as I try and think myself into his 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 POV when when it came to putting the pages together, it wasn't gonna ha it just wasn't gonna happen. I'd have to get Mike to, to actually just draw a layout and say, just do it because you know we, we uh, we're gonna waste even more time doing this. Yeah, and you know I I'm quite capable of doing that without any help. I'd rather you know so let, let's get let's get straight to it. Um, that storytelling, yeah. Uh, the, the, the pencil and inking thing. I wish I'd. Um, I wish I had done more of it originally. Mm. Um, it's easy to say in retrospect, but so uh, everything is, isn't it? You can you can see all those mistakes laid out very clearly. Yes. Whether you're going to do anything about it now is a different matter. It's too late. I no, just, right, yeah, right. What's the What's the point by now? Well, I mean, you. I mean, the, the other thing is that you, you know. You were you were fully form stylist in many ways when you when you showed up. So like your look was your look, even, even though it's evolved over the years, it doesn't feel like, oh, that, you know, hey, he's Duncan's a lot like so and so there wasn't a whole lot of that kind of crossover into other people's sort of creative Venn diagram. And I think that so what I think editors look at it and they go, well, this is the look. What Duncan does is the look, and if we're hiring Duncan, that's the look that we're going to get. And it's not a matter of like, hey, we'll get so-and-so to ink you. We're just going to – we want the Duncan look. And, um, I mean, and That's I'll, a nice thought. It, it, I, don't well, know it's, I, I don't know if it's completely true. I mean, I, I, could, I don't know that I ever had – you see, I would always try and just um, – Whatever what, whatever it was I was doing, I would probably try. I would try and subsume any. I, I don't think I ever really thought of myself as having a style so much as I was the result of whatever I was doing. Mm -hmm. But if I came onto a, if I, if I came onto a a project and it's inevitably a mini a mini thing uh, or a, a one off, I would try and take on a little bit of um, what went before. I liked the idea of. I'm never. A bit, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of continuity remotely, <laughs> but in terms of uh, continuity of look and feel, then I get that because it's kind of like if I'm going to come onto this book and do something, then I don't want to break it. I want to 
And also it's a chance to try and do something, try and evoke something that you, you, I've, I hadn't done before. So I'm thinking of things like uh, not so much the stuff I I did while I was working working on Vertigo. Then there I was just trying to, I was just being me trying to, I was just trying to draw. I was literally, I mean, it's always just, Trying to draw, trying to draw a story, mm. trying to draw it feeling right, and whatever comes out comes out. So if there's a styling there at that point, then it, it's a sum of lots and lots of stuff, I'm sure. Yeah, and def- different influences that come into it. But sometimes it's very specific, like um, oh, I did a, a one shot thing with um, Steve Niles, uh, Good Monsters uh, for Monsters on the Prowls thing. It was a, a, a an early FF story, or it wasn't. Even, it was really. It was the. It was a. It was a team. Marvel team up, really. I suppose it was the thing and uh, the Hulk team up cool. against lots of uh, Kirby monsters. So I tried. To, I tried to get a bit of a Kirby on, yeah. And that was fun because it actually. I mean, even at that stage, I was already getting jaded about comics anyway. But so so to go back to the root of why you do these things to try and take on like well I'm, i want to try and draw the hulk that looks a little bit like uh, like a kirby hulk mm-hmm. the thing he should definitely look like a pile of pile of rocks i don't want to give him a waistline to speak of or anything like that it's a it's a pile of frigging rocks in pants and embrace this absurdity to do it. i'm drawing the fantastic off oh, fantastic it's the bathtub one that that's that's what it's got to be uh, so you know, it, it just try and take on those things. Do throw throw some um, Kirby machinery in there, and but it's all melded with what I do anyway as well. So it's never I'd never go full on pastiche. It's just trying to mold things, and it's it's not like anybody said you've got to do it this way. It's the way my head works. Sure. It's like if I'm doing this, I feel like I should do this. Um, later on, what else am I thinking of? There was an X, I did an X Force single issue with, um, for, you know, so it was Michael Reed and Peter Milligan. And I thought, well, I, I want to have it feel a little, a little bit like Peter Milligan. And there's probably a little bit of Darwin Cook in there as well, actually, I think, mm-hmm. thinking about it, because I think he must have done one previous to mine. So it's, it, it just made it more, it just makes it more interesting. That's, Probably, you know, and, and you can probably see where this is going. I mean, I did the same thing when it came to to um, uh, Hellboy. Yeah. Um, I, if I'm going to do Hellboy, I want it to be, you know, I want it to have that feel yeah. of Hellboy, but meld it with my own. So I'm trying to take I take elements of Mike's work and meld it yeah. with my own. Nobody asked me to do it. I just did it because I felt like I, I didn't want to break that toy box. Uh, that 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 was the world I was enjoying as a fan. That's what I wanted to see. The weird thing is when someone actually says draw something specifically, or just it, just even a throwaway comic, it's a completely different matter. I did um, Spider Man's Tangled Web, uh, and there's another story with Pete Milligan, um, uh, uh, Flowers for a Rhino. Mm-hmm. And I was you know, excited to draw it. It's only a couple of issues. It was a great story. And I was literally about to start penciling. Or had I started penciling? 
No, you know what? I had actually started penciling because this is when Axel Alonso, who was the editor at the time, said like, so you're going to ink this in your slick style, yeah? And I couldn't draw anything for two fucking weeks because I had no idea what my slick style what? was. Yeah. And it, it just it just threw me completely. Oh, wow. Because all of a sudden, I, it, was, it was like, I don't think he'd intended it. I think... Um, it was supposed to be encouraged. I don't, I don't know what the hell it was, but it was, uh, it just, I just, yeah, it, um, it, it, it screwed me completely. It did. <laughs> well, it's, you know, it's funny. Cause like, I, I, you know, I relate so much when you say like the, the thought of like not under, not really kind of being cognizant maybe of a style, you know, and I remember talking to some friends and they're like, Oh, they're like, they're like, oh, you totally have a style. You know, like they like I. They're like, we can pick it out. And I'm like, I like I can't see it. Like they can see it, and I'm sure, sure. we can all see it. Yeah. That you can't see because we have the ob- objectivity in that res- respect. But you know, it it it, it harkens on what a- Axel said is that there's so much of this is instinct. Like there's so f- there's so little time, you know, you know you know, you know, maybe we'll touch on the Pixar work, but like, there's so little time to like, say, Oh, I'm going to do some, (laughs) I'm going to build up some ideas for this whole project, because you don't have that time, especially once you start hitting the pages, like the the pages are when you do it's instinct, your your gut is telling you and leading you and how you do these things. So there's very little sort of, let me just step back and look at the canvas a little more, you know, we don't, we don't get that. Oh man, no! I mean, it's in. Uh, I mean, yeah. By the time it, it always seems to me that by the time you start drawing something, it's already late anyway. <laughs> and I, I am not fast. I'm, and, and I probably would be if I didn't second guess myself so much and prevaricate, um, and have that hate of uh, uh, hatred of. Um, I'll go, you know, it's nothing. I'll go in I'll, uh, uh, early days, and I'm I'm not so guilty of it now. But I would go in, and I would I, I would uh, I would ink the figures. I'd do the bits I wanted to do, just to, just to get a feeling, just get something going. But then I'd have to uh, I I'd, I'd have to go in and fill in the rest. Eventually, you've got to face it. You've got you've got to finish stuff, and um, all of a sudden, the stuff I thought was really well thought through. Um, was uncertain, woolly, and and it's kind of like I've got these figures stood in the way of all the other stuff I'm trying to see now, and I can't see what the fuck it is. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, I'm. It's I hit the pages and I'm in panic mode instantly, basically, right? Uh, because it's already late. It's already late. It's never getting any. It's 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 never it's. Oh, uh, yeah, it's always yeah. It was it was a, a, con, a, a constant clarion call. You're late. You're late. You're late. And we don't have and we don't have time to sort of consult like the Alex Toth point of view from everything. Like we don't have time to like step back and go, okay, <laughs> what's the thing here and how do I make the thing? You know, because you know he he was him and he could apparently he could see all that stuff before he drew it. Um, but it, you know, it, but I also think he wouldn't have drawn the stories that I was drawing. He would have said, like, "I don't want to draw this shit. I don't like it." Right. Um, so, so he would have gone back to drawing a simple cowboy story or something. He would have drawn it really beautifully. There's no doubt about it. Everything he did was yeah. amazing. Yeah, I, I went through a a, a, a big Alex Toth kick 
um, where I thought this is it. This is what this is what this is what I, I, I'm I, I'm going to learn from this. I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best. I even drew a, the, the the book that was nearest to that was a, um, a, a Reed Richards thing. Uh, it was a series of books called Before the Fall, okay. and I did a Reed Richards story with um, uh, geez, Doctor Doom was in there anyway, and it was it was it was fun stuff. It was. And and it was me trying to be more stripped back, and I was enjoying it. Uh, it still got late, and I saw the color, and that ruined everything. It was just like, what is the fucking point of trying with any of this stuff? Because whatever I draw, it's just going to end up by. Blah. It's it's. It, but, but yeah, what, yeah, but yeah, Alex Toth. I would I would I, I've never been able to take on those. Um, you know. Learn to draw everything. Get rid of drawing. Yeah. Get rid of the extraneous. Um, because I, I I can do that, and then think, but I'll just put this here, and then oh, that would look really good against this. Right. And if I really wanted to give it some depth, and 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 then I'm really late again. Yeah. And um, that's me. No, I I get that. I mean, it, it's it's tough. I mean, you know, and Mike Manola does that as well. Like he'll draw a lot, but then he'll go, keep going over and over in like black, you know, just the blacks will creep in on all these spaces because he's like, I don't need that. I don't need that. Let me just kind of limit that. But he's on the same timeline as you, you or everybody no. else in the business. That's good. That's the difference. Um, no, that's know. true. I mean, he, I, I guess he's creating, he's, he's, he's got his own time scale and, I mean, you know, he doesn't even do that anymore. I mean, he would just draw the edges of stuff now anyway, I think. It's just like, it's he knows it's there, but in his head, he can just pretty much just draw down the, draw the edges of everything. Yeah. And he doesn't, he, he, he it's like what whatever's in there is, there be monsters and the only monsters you're going to see are the ones I want you to see. <laughs> sure. Um, it's yeah. a mystery world otherwise. It is, yeah. I'm not good at the... Um, lose it in black yeah that was, that was always if i had a question for mike that would be that would always be his response uh, sure. what do i do with hellboy's tail when he's on a horseback he says, lose it in black yeah right yeah, totally <laughs> yeah but what if it's a white horse right <laughs> totally totally so you came into so you came in in interesting focus into my my experience as a as a comic artist i i, I had seen enigma and I, it, and I'm, you know, forgive me if the timings, I don't know all the specific timings, but so my, my studio and apartment, I shared with a, a, another artist and we were four or five block five blocks away from the DC offices. So we were, you know, we were really close by, and he did a lot of work for them, especially in the special projects division. And one day he came and we, so we got the comps. So we would get like everything from vertigo and DC came in. So that's like sort of like all your work would start rolling in that way. But one day he came home with a stack of photocopies of the California project. And so it's black and white. And we were like, what is this? Because the movie hadn't come out. So it was totally abstract, but it was this black and white artwork. And we, I mean, that stayed out in the studio for ever like every like people will come over and wow. they're like, what's this because i don't know if like really 
everything that you were doing for vertigo at the time was had been sort of like entrenched in everybody's mind as to what was going on. You know, I mean, you guys were sort of like, you know, listen, Sandman was everything and everything else kind of like filtered down below that, you know, shade. Yes, it yeah. It did. <laughs> so like there was a lot yeah. of there was a lot of noise that you had to make to try to get attention in the vertigo offices in that respect, or at least on the shelves. So um yeah, man, that California thing really kind of was quite the interesting, you know, thing. And that, you know, and then we're and then years later, people are like, oh, that never came out. Like all I know is I had the black and white thing. So for me, that was the comic. I don't even know if it had letters. I think it just might have been the artwork. It might have been the artwork at that stage. Did I draw? Do you know, I'm trying to remember if I inked lettered pages. Do you know, they must have been lettered. It was fairly early on. It was just after finishing. So that was straight after Enigma. Okay. So it would have been like 94, okay. 93, 94. Yeah, anyway. Exactly. Um, yeah. Um, so I'm guessing it must have been lettered. Yeah, it was an interesting one, it was. I was very surprised to be approached by special projects. And it's like, hey, there's a bump in rate as well. Great. Mm -hmm. They didn't didn't tell me I wouldn't get the artwork back. Not that art sales would have been a thing back then anyway, really, I suppose. But um, it was interesting because it was, I, I think it was supposed to be Peter David was going to be adapting it initially. And I think it was, it was Chuck Dixon. Yeah. Uh, he, he wrote the adaptation, and and credit to him, he managed to compress. Uh, I can't remember how long the movie was. They sent me a VHS of it, and it must have, it was certainly over an hour and a half anyway. Mm-hmm. But it, uh, but 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 it was a full movie, and he compressed it down into forty pages. Um, he didn't break down the page count, um, it, the panels, you know, panels into pages or anything. That was left to me, but I thought it read pretty well. Um, might even have been more coherent than the movie. I I'm honestly not sure. I literally watched it the one time. Yeah, they sent me the movie and a bunch of stills to refer to. I am terrible with photo reference anyway. Right. Um, but yeah, it was um, it was it was an interesting exercise certainly to try and compress this this thing down into forty page. Well, I mean, Chuck had done it. You can write something, but it's one of those things where, of course. Um, you can write one sentence and you could be hiding. It might be like one panel, but you could be hiding three panels in it. I'm sure you've encountered that yep. one in the past. Yep. Where, yeah, yeah. But he was, you know, he was a seasoned writer even then, obviously. Um, he knew what he was doing. It worked pretty well. I probably did my adding panels into it. I did the job. And I think it came out pretty well. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, I was, I was, I was quite intrigued to see how it would, um, it'd be received when it came out. And as I understood it, the weird idea was to it'd be a giveaway with the with the with the VHS tape, um, which is, you know, which means it's going to be printed half the size of a normal book, right. or at least two thirds anyway, as well. I don't know whether there was going to be a newsstand version. They didn't really keep me in the loop of these things. I mean, as usual, I was probably pushing time on it. But the next thing I knew was it was gone. And it could have been, I, I know Gramercy Pictures, who puts California out, um, who, who, you know, they, they were producing the, the movie. 
Um, they went into crash and burn, basically. Yeah. Um, it was funny. A, f- a few years later, I was I, uh, I, I, I was studying in New York, and I was around Gramercy Park, thinking Gramercy Pictures around here. <laughs> I, should, I should I should have found this out. I wanted to know. Um, it, you know, that book actually, it, uh, the colours were started as well. I know um, I, 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 years later, I, I, and I've got it on my hard drive somewhere, I'm sure, uh, Danny Volzo sent me a couple of pages he'd coloured up. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, yeah, it was partially completed. It was a weird one, yeah. I mean, it was, I mean I, I, the thing is, for me at that stage, the rate I work at, I was never going to be a book a month guy. I'm lucky if I'm a three books a year guy, right, uh, or four books a year. Honestly, um, so the so uh, a, a single issue not coming out was quite a blow. Um, it was it was it was tough. It's on it's on the net now. Actually, it's, okay. if, if if you search for it, I gave it to um, Tim Pilcher, who was uh, uh, I, I've known for a long time. Uh, he was Art Young's assistant when he was working out of London for Vertigo when he first joined. Right. Back basically when you know in, in, when in, when Enigma joined uh, Vertigo from Touchmark. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Art set up his London office. Tim joined him as his um, assistant, and uh, years later, I gave Tim all the copies, and he said, "Can I put it up on my blog?" And I said, "Knock yourself out! I don't think anybody, anybody's sure. going to arrest me now." Right. Um, I don't think I'm busting NDAs or anything. No, I don't think so. Um, Brad Pitt's no. after you, so I think you're all right. Yeah, I, I don't think Brad. I don't think Brad Pitt knows who I am. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. It's, I wonder what happened to the artwork. Well, I have no idea. I'm thinking, like it, it, you know, it probably got boxed up, and then in the bankruptcy, like whoever like bought whatever asset ended up with this thing, and it just could be sitting in some sort of you know, warehouse of yeah. Miramax or whatever at this point. Yeah, it, it it's um, the limbo of Raiders of the Lost Ark, isn't it? Oh, we're yeah. in the last scene. It's right there yeah. with the Ark. Yeah, they probably put it inside the Which, Ark. I feel pretty good about that, but it's probably burned then, hasn't it? Oh, that's, that's <laughs> the, the Ark's judge. I've been judged from above, and it's like, what the hell is this shit? You've been found wanting. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Always. Always, yeah, well, by myself if no one else. Yeah, well, listen, if you if you want to check out something really really interesting and which probably not too many people have seen, hunt down the California it's with a K uh, movie adaptation. It's a uh, it's cool. I mean, listen, I, it was it was great to have in the studio. It felt like we had some sort of cool artifact for a, quite a while. <laughs> you pretty much did, I suppose. But I'm I'm, I'm I'm pleased that anybody was even bothered about it. It yep. was just, um, yeah, that, that, that I find that quite exciting. It's nice. It has, it had a life beyond. It did. I mean, and it had a life beyond, especially, I mean, you know how, listen, you know how the, the life of the young pros go. I mean, we're sharing every little cool thing we can get our hands on, you know, back then via fax machine, but we were like anything yeah. that was cool. We were getting copies out to everyone we could because, it had to be it had to be disseminated in some fashion like you got to see this that or the other thing and it's just one of those kind of cool elements so you were you you know what it's your 
it's like your punks, what seven inch, you know what I mean? Like that, like only got a couple pressed out there and it just made the rounds. So there you go. Well, it could well be that it's done more good that way than it would have if it had actually been released. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so there was a, so there's an interesting thing you were mentioning about, um, Mike doing some layouts, you know, when, you know, when like he was trying to get his point across or what, you know, however he, you know, or lack, lack of willingness to yield some control, which we all can respect. Um, I know, I know how that felt like. So I, so I worked with, um, Keith Giffen briefly. And so Keith delivers all his scripts. That's air quotes for everyone. Um, in, on copy paper and he would draw it with a, you know, a felt tip pen and he would draw a nine panel grid and he would, that's how you get your, there's your script and you would sort of follow his rudimentary drawings with whatever copy he drew, he wrote in there. And it was an interesting process. Yeah. I can relate totally. I mean, uh, what, when I first, um, uh, came on to Hellboy, um, I received a box with, and it's all, all, all the fun stuff that I wouldn't have, couldn't have afforded to buy at the time, the library editions up to that date and all the trades. And yeah. it was just chock full of good stuff. And the first four scripts for Darkness Calls. And they were all handwritten stats. And they all had thumbnails drawn on them. And that kind of freaked me out at the time because it's mm-hmm. like, oh, uh, you know, I'm used to puzzling this stuff out myself. Right. Um but the, the, the neat thing was, and I'm sure you can relate to this from what you just said, but it's like I'm looking at these thumbnails and they are perfect manure pages. And you can see exactly how they would work. Yep. Even as, as you say, rudimentary as they were drawn, you can see exactly how they would work. And even down to the black distribution. And you, you knew how they would read. Um, but I could not for the life. I, 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 I say I could not. I was going to say I couldn't for the life of me think uh, translate them directly. But more to the point, I was. So, I mean, it was more the problem that I was just so used to doing everything that um, I would always think, well, this is a starting point, and I would try and take it on board. And by increments, I would gradually probably lose what Mike had intended and make his life miserable. And, um, <laughs> you know, le- years later, I did um, uh, a panel with him hosted by a mutual friend, Pete Doherty. And um, Pete would put up um, images on the screen of... Uh, Mike's thumbnail scripts because I passed them on to him and then my layouts and then my pencils and inks and and then Mike would tell me or he was telling the audience he hadn't told me previously but this is where you yeah what I meant for you to do was just spilling my water bottle there excuse the sound effects um yeah what I meant what I meant was here but you've added all these extra pieces in here and um yeah that wasn't what I wanted. And it was, this went on for an hour. Yeah. And it, <laughs> it, was, it was an hour of being... Um, Roasted. Uh, fl- yeah, it, it really was. I mean, it was hilarious. Oh, I'm it sure. was it was it, it was both awful and hilarious at the yeah. same time. So he, has um, a, he has a particular magic with um, 
you know, it, it, you know, spinning joy in the minor key. Is that, does that make sense? Oh like, yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. That's like, that's yeah. my experience w- with him, you know? <laughs> He, he does that very well indeed. We, I got better at it. But yeah. yeah, it's hard. It is hard when you're faced with something like that. And also it's that it's that that moment where you realize that um and I'm sure I'm I'm sure you, you must have encountered this disparity as well. Um so Keith showed shown you um what he wanted and you're thinking, that's great, but it's not how I would have done it. Right. And and you're, you're, it's that constant battle because you've got your own intuition, right. and no matter how misinformed it might be, as your own methods of telling the story. But I mean, it's just that thing. It's like yeah, your aims are the same, but um, your approaches are different, and it's really hard to make the two things gel. And I could never even, it, 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 even the closer I, I skewed to what Mike drew, and it, it it did get easier as time went on, and also he would. He pulled back a lot more as well, and we allowed, uh, and allowed me some more space. But um, what, what what would work for Mike wouldn't necessarily work for me. It, it, even it just simple things like those little cutaways he'll do to you're 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 in a dark room and there are statues. There's basically carved all over the wall. Everything's in deep shadow, and cuts away to a broken statue's face. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 other things like in his work it would remi- it would read just continuity it would be a wandering camera it'd be a space in time it would be just more atmosphere but because i no matter how much i tried to uh you know add the blacks in there to lose stuff in there to make it simple simpler it would always be more busy yeah. And it wouldn't work. It just simply wouldn't read the same way. Um, I think Mike's work, um, and it, yeah, it's gotten more like that as time has gone on as well. It's like it's, it reads so um, so much like icons. It reads so fast. Oh, great! Yeah, um, your ride right, doesn't linger on it any longer than it needs to. But my stuff just simply has more just got more stuff <laughs> and it's like your eye catches on it and yeah. i just don't think it i don't i just don't think it reads the same way so even if i try to keep it exactly the same if i try to keep the same angles i would inevitably be pulling stuff more into a third dimension just because that's how i think yeah um i can't help thinking in terms of trying to make things a space work whether it matters or not because that's just how my mind works yeah um and i think there is another issue with it as well actually over time i mean even if i i think to make it work exactly the same the only thing i could have done i mean i was already taking on elements of mike's work which no one asked me to do i mean that was my own i I made that my own cross to bear Mm -hmm. um i tried i tried to make that blend but if i tried to strip strip stuff down more and more and more i couldn't help thinking that all i was going to get do was get closer to a bad pastiche sure of uh you know and um it would just heighten the problems but yeah there were definitely those moments where i said it's not i can't make this work like this just show me exactly what you mean and there was definitely one of those pages where i literally took the page he finally faxed through this is after wrestling with it for days which is 
while while the editor in the back w- w- was like been screaming at me how late we were, um, like, just just send it to me and I'll trace over it. And I still managed to change stuff. Right, <laughs> it's which is fucking nuts. Well, I mean, I mean, the, the, this, I mean, it's so funny how this all ties into like our early part of our discussion in this very. Uh, you know, on that childhood aspect of it, like where we gained our, <clears throat> our understanding of this language at a young age. And our interpretation of this language is kind of baked in like how we how we see stories, you know, told, and also married that these challenges you faced with, the, you know, in this project, or doing something that it was sort of like hearkening to uh, Kirby, or even the Tom Strong stuff is that that ties in with that childhood of sitting there and trying to draw the drawing in the comic book that you like. So it's a matter of like, you, you want to honor, you know, Kirby, you want to honor Mike and you, you know, but you don't want it to be, you know, that bad version of it. No, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's a tightrope. It's, um, and it's it's the the weird thing is it's it's probably not something that um, anybody reading this stuff even cares about, right? Um, so my thought was like it's like like we, um, we'll use Hellboy as the obvious example again. I didn't. It was I was already a fan of that book. I was a fan of Mike's, mm-hmm. and I was worried about well. You know, when um, it was initially announced that Lieber Mayo was going to be drawing it, um, I, I'm sure everybody had the same reaction of, you know, I'm, I'm disappointed that Mike's not going to draw this because it's it's just... It's him. You know, it's him, yeah. It's not... It's, this isn't a Hellboy book with interchangeable artists. Um it, it you know it, it it mattered, and it's no slight on Lee at all. Lee's a very accomplished artist. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's great. He's a nice guy as well. So it's, it's nothing about that at all. Um, so when it came to me, my thought was like, you know, I knew, I knew what my reaction had been. So I knew I was letting myself in for a world of hurt potentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, but by taking it on, um, I, I kind of—I was going to go on to a, another point about this completely. What the what the hell? I, anyway, whatever. I did it, and just, I just figured, I, like, I, I couldn't—I couldn't not do it. Mm-hmm. You just—you you just have to go. You just have to go. With, I think it's hard to see things any other. Yeah, things. What you said about like the way you see things as a child, and I think. A lot of the way you read books, um, key books, key, you can't imagine them drawn any other way. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think it matters what age you are. I, I think you go back to being a child. It is because you are allowing, it's like you read a book, you're allowing yourself to be taken on that journey, much like being led by somebody else by the hand through that story. And if all of a sudden you're being pulled along that story and things changed around you, you'd be like, what the hell's going on around? I don't, sure. I don't like this. Well, and, you, and you think like, well, I've got to take somebody else down that journey now. So <laughs> I, I don't want, I don't want them to have that feeling. This is not the point I was going to make my mind. I, I, I'll come back to it if I remember. 
Yeah. Well, I think, you know, so I, and I say, I say this repeatedly, but like, I really feel our, our essence of ourselves gets baked in by the age of 12. Like what we love by the age of 12 is going to, we're going to love it forever. And I mean, in over your right shoulder, I believe is a, is a, is a, an example of that being the millennium Falcon, (laughs) you know, like these things get locked into us and we're, you know, we're going to hold on to whatever joys and magic that we found, you know, in these years leading to that. And we're going to keep, going back into that well and pulling things out and going, okay, how do I, how do I bring that into this? How do I express this feeling? Yeah. For better or worse. For be- well, sure. <laughs> right, right. But like to that point, like you were saying, like things change. I mean, like it's, it's that experience when you saw the updated revised original star Wars movie, when they added all the special effects, now, cool. But I'm like, it doesn't feel right. It feels wrong. Like it felt like, uh, why, why am I unsettled by this? Like, and, uh, and it's not change is bad. It's just like, it was fine. Like, we don't need to go back and finish something that was already done. Like it's, it's a thing, you know? Yeah. You don't need that level of revisionism. You don't, I was excited. Yeah. I remember with Star Wars with the special edition and everything, I was excited with seeing the, the CGI, um, X-Wing fighters. And I think as much as anything else, it was the excitement about, um, uh, just, just the idea of uh, the, the technology, but I mean, I remember really what really bugged me at the time was like, well, you went and changed all that, and that, but that was already fine. Why didn't you go and fix those lightsabers flickering on and off? They, they were the things that really bugged me, that because it was more, you know, it, you know, it, we, we, action fighters are hardware. I love action fighters, but they're hardware. Yeah. They look great as models, and I love the originals, but the. The lightsabers, and I'm kind of sick to death of lightsabers now, if I'm honest. But back then, there were very few lightsabers. There were two lightsabers, three lightsabers at most. And um, to see them flickering on and off, and you could see the stick within or whatever, it's kind Mm -hmm. of like, just fix that, because it's like there's a literal human connection. There's a hand holding that lightsaber. And that hand holding that lightsaber is... Uh, that connection between the two things is magical. And so fix that because the mechanical stuff works fine as it is. And, you know, I don't think I'd even identified the problem with this, thinking about it until run at this moment. But that really was it. It really bugged me in the special editions. You didn't fix those, but you fix all this other stuff. It looked absolutely fine. Yeah. You know, um, it was crazy. Um. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Star Wars is one of those things that's it's it stayed it stayed with me. Oof, yeah. For I was going to say for better or worse, it's it's always for better. Yeah, if I go if I just keep in mind the original and my you know how I felt about it as as a kid. I mean, it was a it was it was transformational as transformational as comics certainly were. Yeah, and and, and you know. Ah, I remember the, the the British reprints of the Chaking stuff coming out, mm-hmm. and thinking like this, uh, you know, the, the comic version. This is the, this is the best thing ever, comics and and a movie that I that I'm obsessed about, all in one thing. Yep. And um, as something new to obsess about, why do these things look the same? What's going on? Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Broken brain thinking. It was yeah, and, I, and that yeah, it was exciting. I mean, I think you know there there was that interesting period, you know that that post seventy seven period where 
there's just this fusion of for with comics and you would get these sort of like star wars comic uh kiss comic you know um micronauts toys (laughs) comic like there was this kind of like they were really putting all this stuff into the comic books at the end of the seventies when, and it was an exciting time. You're like, Oh my gosh, like it's all about comic books, you know? And it was a very strange, you know, which it wasn't, but it was for my little tiny brain at the time. So no, I understand that thinking completely. And I think I probably even just going back to California, I think I almost felt like that connection even then. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, 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 there, there was, there was something about that. I'm not, I, do you know, I've, I've literally just cleared out and a lot of people would be horrified to hear about it. I've cleared out most of my comics. Mm. Um, they've been stuck in long boxes. I've never been really a collector, right. but there was stuff I had accumulated and I just cleared, cleared them all out. And, and, and some of the things I havered over in the end were odd, odd, odd movie adaptations because pre- precisely because of that, that connection. Yeah. Uh, um yeah it it's it's just that stuff the stuff that meant everything then i think is my my problem is now between it's like i have this disparity between um the stuff that meant so much to me as a kid and how i feel about comics in general now there's a big gap in between yeah and i've i mean it has been for a while and it's not. This is not a uh, man. I hate comics, kind of statement. But there was a moment of ambivalence that crept in and never quite went away. Mm-hmm. And as much as, um, yeah, I can't see comics the same way anymore. I still enjoy um, the process of making them, or the idea of making them. I make, I enjoyed making them up to a certain point. Finishing them is another uh, the interminable sure. problem. Yeah. Um, but it takes going back to the early stuff to remind myself what the hell the point was in the first place. Um, I, I don't, you, you know, it's it's uh, it's a firework. It's uh, light blue touch paper and retire to a safe distance. That blue touch paper was always burning. Um, the distance—that was the problem. <laughs> right. I, I'm not sure if that entirely makes sense, but it was. Yeah, it, I think it's like it was always, always burning, always exploding early on. If that makes sense, that's a weird fucking metaphor. I'm not sure where that came from. <laughs> um, yeah, these days uh, fireworks are a lot safer and they don't burn so well. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They may have a pill for that. Um, <laughs> it's oh my god, <laughs> that's not where I was going with that. I know you weren't. Um, yeah, <laughs> but it's you know I was you know I was talking with James James Robinson about this sort of this sort of similar subject and the idea that like you know we're not twenty something anymore. Like we have to kind of we have to really find ways to keep ourselves energized and engaged in our, in our work because, yeah, you know, the things that, you know, like, you know, I, I sit and I write, I write prose and it takes a lot of energy to sit and write prose because there's a lot of damn words. It's not just, but drawing is a lot of damn lines, you know? So you have to like find that thing that makes you say, 
you know, and it's, it, it can be just as much as being grateful for having the privilege to do it. Like I, you know, I'm so lucky that I get to do this. That's a great thing. Um, but it's tough. And like, how do you like, how do you keep yourself sort of emotionally engaged or however you find yourself to be engaged? I think it always comes down to the story ultimately. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, engaging with, um, you know, the stuff, uh, re, you know, re, the things we get nostalgic about, that's a burning totem that you always come back to mm-hmm. um, because you have to, because that's why you're there. That's where you are, where you are. Um, and it casts a light on what you're doing now, ultimately. Um, and I think it's like, I mean, you, as you say, with, with writing the prose, I can only imagine. Um, the, uh, the work involved and the only way you get through it is you've got to love what it is you're you, you got you've got to love the thing you're writing about at that time because otherwise how are you how are you going to sustain it mm-hmm. and you and the only way it's kind of like i'm not sure about this i'm not yeah, i'm i'm skidding off the surface and the only way of dealing with it i think is you have you have to go deeper it's it's like it's not you can't skirt around it uh, around the subject. It's, you can't kind of write a book. You've got to write a fucking book. Yeah. Uh, you you know, and the only way of doing that is stepping off the cliff. It's like being on the edge, looking down at what could be. Uh, it 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 doesn't do it, and you can you can linger on that cliff, that precipice, as long as you like. But you you know in your heart of hearts ultimately, no matter how how long you wait, you're gonna to have to step over and give it, give it, you know give into the process, and you know that process is going to be hard. You know it's going to kick the crap out of you at the end of the day. Um, you've got uh, you you have to engage with with the thing. You have to have a, 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 be emotional about it. I think. You know, I'm sure there are pro- writing processes, as there are drawing processes, where you can get through. You know, get through the day, do what you do. You keep on doing it regardless, mm-hmm. um, and to, to know that at least you, you know, you you've been at the uh, chipping away at that coal face. But until you actually really feel it, until you get through to the point of what it is you're actually trying to get over, um, you know that you're not really going to make progress on it. Yeah. And I think I think writing is the same as drawing. It's like it's the acceptance of um um you know, it's it is it's it's just hard. It's gonna it's gonna take um you're gonna have to draw that really awkward fucking perspective yep. that you visualize that made you want to draw a particular scene in the first place. Because if you don't draw it, um you're gonna you're gonna let yourself down. You've got to you've got to be you've got you've got to feel engaged. I went through a whole period of trying to make things easier on myself. Um, it was uh, oh, I say a period, various periods where I've tried to get like okay, don't don't go for the complicated thing, go for the simple thing. What's the easiest way I can do this? And I get to the end of a page, look back at it, and I I just hate it mm. because I know that what I had in mind, my initial reaction was so much stronger and yes it's going to take longer um it's going to take more work but go with it because there's a reason you liked the idea you know that complicated idea 
there's a reason you liked that in the first place and it describes what you're doing so much better i mean if you're going to draw a comic why would you draw around something sure. it's a visual medium you want to show stuff to people yeah um so you do the difficult thing um and hate yourself for it for every for for, for, for every minute you have to do it mm -hmm. uh because you know that it's like uh, ex artists wouldn't do this they'd think of a different way of doing it but um you know if you if it's in your head and it's plaguing you all that way through doing the easier version or something you might as well have just and, and, and it slows you down because all you do is you you draw versions and you go no 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 no, no. I, that one's rubbish as well i might as well just do the hard version yeah Save um, the time it, of the of the second guessing yeah yeah um unfortunately I, going back to what you said about reading um a comic twice Mm -hmm. uh, right at the beginning of the conversation, even even then, I was thinking about um, just not. I was thinking about reading scripts, and I try not to read a script uh, with a pencil in hand. Oh, that's I try really... and remove. From... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because because it's because I'm try. I try not to interrupt the flow of it, but it's a absolute bitch because as i'm drawing as i'm reading it's it's playing out like a freaking movie in my head yes. yeah and i don't know i'm gonna have that experience again whether it's right or wrong oh, so wow. yeah oh, i mean I, I can totally what do you do with that no i know i can because i can i mean i can i can i can remember back that you know getting the script reading it and i think you know that mix of excitement of like i can't wait to get to this because I'm really excited about this I, project <laughs> that that's sort of like that distracted behavior of drawing in the, in the margins of that script yeah. immediately because you're all these pictures start flooding in, but the practice, the idea of that practice of not allowing yourself that to be able to engage with the actual work of the script versus the visual execution of that script it's hard Oof. it's it's really hard because your trouble is it's like it's your initial reaction and it's like if you don't make a note are you going to have that same reaction to it right. again because it's a it's 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 uh it could be a one-time reaction where you have that purely visceral reaction to to a storyline playing out and I mean, some, it's, it's not always that clear. It's not, let's face it. Yeah. Some, I mean, it, it, it's scripts, scripts differ wildly, but sometimes it's just, it's just there and you know, uh, and apart from anything else, you're thinking, how the fuck am I going to roll that out? the hell am I going to do with it? And it's in, you know, you're, you're trying to just keep, keep it out in your mind, just focus on the story, but it's yep. like on, on another level, it's, all these, you, you've you've got the naysayer in there saying like, "Well, this is a problem. This is a problem. This is a problem," and and, and you've got the screening going on at the same time, mm -hmm. and it's 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 already it's a it's a lot of noise. And this is exactly how comics are made, anyway, isn't it? Because it's like if you actually stop to break down exactly what it is you did to make a page to make a story. Uh, it's one of the things you try. You, you try and describe that process to people. Um, 
you re you 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 find yourself interrupting yourself, thinking like, well, I'm not just drawing stuff. I'm actually also trying. To, I'm also costume designing. I'm also I'm, I'm also lighting this. I'm, I, I'm the, there's a high hairstylist in there. There's <laughs> yeah. uh, there's set dressings going on, yeah. and all this shit is going on. You know, it's not all just coming from you. Obviously, it's coming from the script as well. Yep. That you, it's that moment of building. It happens the moment you start reading. Um, and I find it impossible to stop doing that. It'd be really useful if you could just say, okay, um, I'll, I'll step down the brain, you know, the, 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 the process yep. um, just for initial read through. Um, so I can just comfortably read it and go, what the hell happened there? And then, and then go back and do that. And, I'm, um, I'm trying to think, I'm trying yeah. to think around it because the, the, the image I get in my head is the, as you were saying, you know, with all the jobs you're doing, I mean, it really is like the whole crew comes rushing into the soundstage when you start reading the script. But I wonder if like, I mean, what, I mean, it was such an interesting experiment. Like, could you have somebody read the script to you? So you would not be able to like visually engage with the words and just hear the story. And would that be a different kind of <laughs> I could probably get um just just have it read by the computer so it actually oh, yeah. cuts out the inflection as well. No, for yeah, sure. maybe. That might work. Although, <laughs> um, I'm not sure how, how well it would work with Mike's great for typos. <laughs> <laughs> it's not as it's not as bad since um it improved it improved once you started um uh, uh writing them on, on a computer when it when when he when he'd write them longhand and uh and they were just static there, there's lots and lots of crossings out and i can remember those where there, there were multiple versions of of one word and none of them was felt right because his mind was working too fast as well he was already he, uh, he, he, he obviously has his script in I, I, I mean, he he probably scripted it first with the thumbnail because that's how he saw the story. Of course, it was it was Im image first for him, uh, and 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 then write and and then writing it out. But damn it, writing takes way too long. Yeah, and um, it, it it was it was just kind of funny. Um, even now, when I get his scripts, I'll, I I will go through and I will I'll, I'll format them so that. Um, I, I I can get just a single page on a, on a sheet of paper if possible, with space so I can scribble thumbnails on that same sheet. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but I I I will do corrections <laughs> as well <laughs> because otherwise I'm reading these same typos time and time again. It drives me nuts. It drives me a little little bonkers. Yeah. Well, maybe we should get a yeah. funding uh, thing up to uh, get Mike a subscription to Grammarly. Maybe we can. I think the, <laughs> the comic book community might get behind that one, just for your sake. Um, I think that'd be just one more thing to drive him nuts as well. Yeah. Well, I, I can I can already do that well enough. So, it's, listen, anything yeah. to drive him a little crazier would be fine by me. Um, <laughs> so, like, in, in like thinking about like when you're when you're going through a script, like. You know, you kind of talked about it earlier, you know, touching on the difference between how Mike sees a story, how you see a story, and like, you know, with Keith seeing a story and my seeing a story, because I'm comparing myself with you. Um, is that like, I would say like, distinct, like in a distinctive fashion, like you, you think volumetrically, you know, that like, there's a very, like, there's, there is distance, like, like Walt Simonson thinks volumetrically, there, there's space on that page in a dimension that isn't afforded with a flat sheet of paper. And the other aspect that I always 
attributed with you was what I would call like a dynamic moving camera. Like that's like how you, you know, and like the only other artist who, you know, I, I ideally also is sort of in some really strange way similar with you was, was JP. So like John Paul had that same sort of kind of like camera eye and not to mention the same bloody struggle with, you know, fighting himself to the end of the page. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, no, I, well, I, 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 it he mentioned in the same sense as JP was, is, is, yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty cool anyway. Uh, yeah. Love his work. Yeah. Is yeah. That was a, that was a blow. Um, yeah, actually, that that kind of just threw me. I kind of forgot where you started with that. Well, I was, about I, was, I was sorry about that. No, it's okay. I, I'm, I'm the idea is oh, like, the volumetric, volumetric. Yeah, yeah. And, and and yeah, camera movement and that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, I I do. I I probably do think. I also yeah. I automatically think. I suppose, filmically, would be. The simplest way of describing it, I suppose. I think, of, yeah, I think I, I think of the frame as being like the camera eye, and moving the camera around the subject. Mm-hmm. I, I used to do a lot. I, I mean, I, I think I used to do a lot of it. On, on, um, I, I think of a lot of. I, I'd use it a lot on um, Vertigo's books. A lot of the early Vertigo books, just because an awful lot of them were quite. They, they tended to be quite talky. Um, I just, I just anything to keep it interesting, to keep yeah. it moving. Um, I didn't like, I didn't like, I don't like things to be static because otherwise, it's already a drawing. Mm-hmm. I don't need to be reminded it's a drawing. Um, the comics I liked uh, had movement. Either the camera was moving or the figures were moving within them, and anything that gave a sense of, um. Energy, kinetic energy, um, movement within the frame, anything you could do to do that um, was good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was. It could be. Dis- I, I probably overused it initially, and I'd make people uh, make characters overact. Um, just be, you know, a little, little too theatrical, yeah, a little too stagey, but. Anything to, it was about anything to try and get some sort of movement on the page, whether it was the uh, the, the the characters actors moving or the camera around them or a combination between, and it's it's not easy. It's not because you've got a limited number of panels to do that, and it's like you can't keep on adding panels ad nauseum. Right. Um, that that way lays madness clearly. Um, but it, it, yeah, I, I can't remember specifically why it became interesting. Um, it, it, it must simply have just come down to a combination of um, whichever artist's work I was responding to at the time, and it's it's never one specifically; it's always a combination. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I mean, I like I like I can't help but think of stuff that way. I'm sure I could probably make things a lot simpler. By thinking of it as a, a a frame as being like a proscenium arch, and everything that plays in within it happens from an angle, and 
you know, you move within it. It's blocked. Everything moves blocked. within it rather than you move around yeah, it. Yeah, right. But the tr- problem with that, with, with that is, I think, that it keeps you as a viewer at a distance all the time. Yeah. And you want to you wanna get in close sometimes. You want to uh, – it's like what's the subjective view that's going to emphasize um, the emotional qualities of that scene? What can you do to plus – what the dialogue is doing don't you know you're not trying to just reproduce you're trying to it's always about plus it's always it's image plus dialogue at the end of the day image yeah. image plus text it's 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 one plus plus one equals three isn't it mm-hmm. you're looking for you're looking for that combinational magic which is the thing that um i guess that's the thing i i, I realized i liked in comics and i think it's the thing that uh uh i i, I don't know Alan Moore and uh, and Dave Gibbons did lots in in Watchmen, lots lots of Alan Moore books actually, and lots of the books that I liked. It's that thing where you realise there's there's, there's there's text and subtext, and I know what what's, what what would you get? I have that super text, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, it's what can you do to enrich the experience. All that shit takes time, though, doesn't it? Well, that, I, yeah, and, and you know, of course, as we said, like there's no once the once the you know the buttons pressed, you know, you're late, and then it, it it's a matter of like instinct is so like it's all instinct. It really is all instinct. You you know you that greatness of thinking happens when you are instinctually responding to the script in the thumbnailing process. Yeah, I think so. And then it, I think so. it's trusting that's the hard. Yeah, thing. you have to like you have to kind of trust whatever you're feeling, and you're gonna you're gonna do all these sub, you know, windows around that you know that page thumbnail and go. Well, maybe I can change the angle here or whatever the the little shapes are. But like that's where that trust has to come in in yourself, and then you go to the next phase, and then you just second guess all your your your, your line work. Yeah, what? Why stop at the beginning? Continue yeah. to second guess right until the very end. Right. In fact, and beyond, because let's face it, something can be published dead and buried for like twenty years, and you're still bothered about it. <laughs> it's, it, it, it never goes away because you're still questioning the choices you made. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's not good. No. Well, I mean, the, the, you know, listen. <laughs> we talked about it, George Lucas redoing his movies. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, they're his toys, so he can still go back and play with them. You know, unlike the work that we do for hire, it just, it's gone. And which is a great thing because we can't do it. We can't go back and fix these things and we can only move forward. Yeah, Yeah. that's true. It's true. Yeah. Do you feel the... I'll get there eventually. Yeah. Do you feel the exercise of working with the very reductive approach of Mike's work as the art, as the visualizer of this has been an interesting experiment for you as a, as a, as an artist. Yeah. I mean, it was just simply, I mean, I was, it was fulfilling just to be part of it. Mm -hmm. I think Um, the crazy thing was, I mean, I was the book I was about to draw when I was offered uh, Hellboy was I, I I made a a decision that I was just going to go all open line work uh, because 
uh, I was rubbish at spotting blacks. <laughs> okay. And, um, you know, I was thinking, oh, yeah, I don't need to do this anymore. But if I, if I design it like this from the start, it'll be, it'll be fine. Right. Um, and then I get the call about uh, Hellboy and that kind of went out the window, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's been good. Um, it's been, I've, yeah, I mean, I've probably learned to tame some of my, my wilder tendencies, I think, to a degree. Um, you know, I don't think I can judge this. I really, I really can't. It's like I can't, I can't look at my stuff and be objective. Right. I tried to read, I actually did try to read it. Um, Hellboy through from the beginning as a fan again. Um, it was a year or two back, and I, because I, I this was the worst thing about um, working um, on the Hellboy was I wasn't able to enjoy it purely as a fan anymore. Right, and I and and I got so much out of that book. And I thought, okay, it's, it's it's been a few years. Let's have a, let's have a few drinks and let's let's read through um, from the beginning. And I loved it. Yeah. And I managed to get about halfway through Darkness Calls when I had to stop again. Okay. And then I skipped all of my stuff and went straight on to uh, um, uh, Hellboy in Hell and loved it again. Okay. <laughs> it's it just you know, I, I, it's just. I just can't be. I just can't be subjective about it. I can't judge it in any useful way. Right. I could see. I. I. Other than to tell you all the shit I did wrong, mm. I can't. I couldn't tell you the stuff I did right. That's baked in. Um, yeah, but you know, it's it, it's it, 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 it's kind of it kind of is what it is. I mean, it, we we left it a few years, and it's like uh, just before the last movie adaptation, adaptation came out. Uh, I did um, a one-shot with Mike uh, called The Beast of Argu, and that was just fun mm-hmm. all the way through. And I could, I could, I could just enjoy that for what it was. It wasn't part of the main storyline. It was just a, it was a, a, a single issue with uh, two, uh, a longer story and a short story in it, and that was great. It was I, I could could be. A lot more objective about it, and I think maybe it's just because it was out of the main storyline. Okay, uh, that uh, um, Mike Mike was more relaxed about it. Um, no layouts at that stage, obviously. Okay. Um, it was just a different experience. It was a different experience, and it's been like that actually for Giant Robot Hellboy as well. Um, I've continued to make rods from my own back, making things difficult for myself because that's what I do. But it's just it, it's just. Um, it's a different Hellboy, simply. So I've actually been able to enjoy it more. It's been hard because I, I just left it so long since between drawing books, mm-hmm. and I forgot how freaking hard it is to draw a book. I forgot, you know, it's what you're saying. Going back to what you're saying about writing, yeah. Um, it's just and the the, the precipice I mentioned. Mm-hmm. I was standing on the uh, as I was on that damn precipice again, and it's like. It's the, the willingness to dash yourself on the rocks below. Yeah. Um, and it took me a long time to completely step off. 
and and just give in to it once and, and, and you know it hurts um but um but then you're back in the process again thinking oh, this is not so bad this is not so bad and then you get to a page and you go my god this is so bad this is terrible this is the worst thing ever <laughs> why did they because there's always at least there's always at least one page like that yeah but you know it's um i think i think yeah i think i i don't think i'll ever get perspective on working with with mike on on that core hellboy story just sure. because it's that that main thing and that's I, I, that is all in my head of course it is it can't be in anybody else's head can it sure i mean yeah i hope not um i mean but that's the thing like we like we like our own performance is you know aided or inhibited by our own mind like we are constantly having to like gin up some sort of like you know fortitude and you know bravado to kind of get through the things that we you know normal regular sane people will go fuck no like and we have to kind of go <laughs> oh, okay i'm gonna try this i'm gonna do this i have to do this and we you know i mean you plow forward i get i one thing i was thinking about with this and like i guess maybe why i was asking the question about you know the the working from his layouts is it sort of similar to that earlier part of the talk about you know an inker inking you and how that like so you can see something different in your work and kind of move and take that with you and this is sort of front loading it versus end loading it is that mike being a visualist first then a writer that informs your storytelling and your 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 art choices and then like is that compartmentalized in that world for you as a, as a, as a, as a visualist, or is it something you say, I'm taking this stuff and putting it in my toolbox and I'm going to move forward. It depends what the process, uh, what part of the process I was in actually, I, or how far along actually, literally how far along in books gradually check. I mean, the, it changed over, t it did change over time. Mike would, um, he gradually stopped doing the layouts. But I could still see he'd drawn them from the script, mm -hmm. he, the way he was describing the script, right. the, the way he was writing the script. I could see that he was looking at the thumbnail he'd already drawn. Yeah. And and I think actually specifically the, the, the one example I mentioned, and, and you can find it in one of the library editions, I think the second library edition of, um, uh, it must have been the work in The Storm and the Fury. Uh, it, it, was in, it was in the Fury part. There's one page in there, and he hadn't, he wasn't thumbnailing by then. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was a lot of issues on. And um, I was, I knew he, I, this, this was the, this was precisely the problem. I knew he had drawn a thumbnail for himself, <laughs> and I knew he had a very specific image in mind. Yeah. And so I, 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 I was drawing multiple layouts. And and I knew that they just weren't matching up to what he had already drawn, oh. and it was it was it was batshit crazy. It was it really it really was. It's like, don't make me just draw this stuff again. Just just show me what you were thinking. Right. It, it was literally that. But I think he was mostly he was he had it was uh, allowing. I mean, it must have been hard for Mike because he can't help thinking this stuff through. Yeah. Um, he was allowing a lot more latitude between what he, he, he was asking for and what I was giving him. 
Um, but there were specific moments mm-hmm. where it was gonna, it was just gonna be no, that's that's not gonna work. Yeah, and and my attitude was always, and it didn't matter at the beginning or at the end, it's like this is your book, Mike. Uh, uh, you know, it's fine. I'll do whatever you need. Mm. Um, it only it, it was only ever a problem when um when 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 you know time was scream you know screaming at me or the editor was screaming at me uh that we were running out of time thinking well uh, you can see the conversation that's going on here yeah. you know exactly why this has gotten a week later and a week later beyond that um but you know that, yeah. was, that, that it, it was the way it was now um i just there were probably things I inherently think of that make me think of uh, uh, of Hellboy that I would automatically draw. Okay. Um, I, I try not to repeat stuff because I don't like that much either. It's useful if it's a, if a story demands repeats, mm-hmm. you know, just to just to give you a, a sense of the frisson in the story, repeating motifs. But um, if you feel like you're repeating yourself, then you're boring yourself and I don't like being bored. I, I get bored and distracted very easily as well. Sure. Not a good combination. No. Um, I, that that, that, that in, insane detail and getting bored. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, I'll, 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 I'll head in a certain direction, but I'll, I'll, I'll be doing my own thing as well. Yeah. Mike seems happy enough with it all. So I think we found, we've, we found ground that works. Good it may, it, yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure if it was um, a specific a specific enough story that Mike wanted done in a certain way, he'd draw layouts again, or he might just even draw it himself these days. Mm-hmm. That'd be great because I I could buy a book and <laughs> I'd, I could enjoy it as a fan. Something I'd to look forward be to. Very, yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, this is the stuff that keeps you going at the end of the day, but... Yeah, it's um, we, 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 we. I suppose now it's kind of like between worlds, really, but not worrying about it overly. Yeah. Do you fancy the idea of writing your own stuff? I, I asked about it for years, years, and I never get off my ass. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, you know, I, 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 I do so much extra in, in the stuff I do already anyway mm-hmm. that it seems almost superfluous. Um, it's still there in the back of my mind, but I've never made – I've made the odd note of things before and come back to it and just cringed with embarrassment oh. afterwards. Thinking, yeah. Jeez, I'm not doing that. <laughs> well, it's um, it's tough because, you know, I mean, you you know, you were talking about like you know, we were mentioning the idea of like that kind of going back and the you know the sort of the dread of rendering or finishing the the thing. I wonder if it, there's a bit of that in the mind where if you wrote it, like all the images are going to come in your head, and then you're going to have to say, now I have to draw all this stuff. Like there's kind of a, a there might be a bit of that additional layer of overlapping that may be like, oh god, no. Yeah, a, a little bit. I can remember years ago, um, went to get a bite to eat in the middle of the day, left the drawing behind, drawing board behind, um, sat there with my wife having a beer and food. And it was lovely. It was a beautiful day. 
eating, drinking, sun was shining, and we came up with um, uh, a batshit story between us. And it was fun. Mm-hmm. It, 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 I'd never really done that before. And I get to the end of the meal, and the last bit's drunk. I said, yeah, but, man, I don't want to draw this. It sounds way too much work. Right. Because, it already, you know, in my head, it's half there, and I can see what it needs. Right. And I won't, you know, I'm an idiot. I won't, che- I won't choose the, 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 um, the easy um, camera angle that doesn't show the view onto the street as well. Yeah. I think this this is this is the problem. I, I I won't. If there's a little if if there's um a little bit of added added production value, or any production value uh, 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 available from from turning the camera around and seeing lo- seeing the location from a different angle or something, I will do it. And and I'm and, and I'll do it knowing that I'm actually not that good at doing that necessarily, because. Right. Um, but but because I'd want to see it right. if I was reading it. Right, right. Uh, it's it's hard to see it any other way. I don't know. Maybe it it, it, may, it may well be that I'd come up with finally the minimalist thing I've wanted to draw all mm-hmm. my life if I sat down to draw uh, to write something. But I really really doubt it. Yeah. And all of a sudden I find entire new avenues to research. And and the, and and I'd have to wonder whether it'd ever get finished, written, let alone drawn. Um, it's tough. If it's not your natural thing. You know what I mean? Like the drawing is natural, so you will you will kind of do it, you know, reflexively. So like making yourself right, and I'm, and I'm I'm speaking, you know, from experience. It is not a natural thing for me. My my natural thing is pencil in hand, making marks on a piece of paper, and you know, maybe a, a two decades of being a designer kind of broke a little bit of that for me that allowed me to sit and look at a keyboard as not the enemy, but something I can use. Right. Yeah. Um, I am, I am going to have to just try it at some point. I know I am. Um, love to see it. I mean, I, it, it, it's, I mean, I, the reason I always, I, I say this is that I think that like, you know, we're because we we had this visual sort of earliness that we say in the comic book business is writer, artist, letterer, colorist. So we can, we we channel ourselves. We go, well, I'm that guy. That's what I do. And it's you know we can, but we can do other things. You know. Yeah. No, that, that's absolutely true. Actually, yeah. I mean, I it's. One of the things I was, I mean, it's its not a breakout of drawing so much, but doing, uh, stepping out and doing the, doing storyboard stuff, I found it was, it's, it's not a revelation from the point of view of your still doing drawings, a sequence of drawings in whatever form, but just breaking the needs of finishing a page, it was a revelation from that point of view. Yeah. Um, and it was, you know, it was something I thought about doing years ago before Hellboy, actually. Um, m- moving, you know, trying to segue from comics into storyboard. I had no idea how. I had no contacts or, uh, for, for, for such a move. But I had a feeling that 
it might suit me better in some ways. Um, and I can remember talking to other artists about it at the time, oddly enough, actually. And um, one of the things mentioned was like, well, why would you want to do that? Because you don't get your name on it. Mm. It's, I, I like comics because I get my name on it. And it's like, I'm not that bothered about that anymore, really. It's yeah. kind of like that, that, that novelty it's, it's nice, but that novelty doesn't work the same way anymore. But, you know, I liked the idea of the storytelling, solving storytelling issues. Um, but I didn't necessarily like finishing pages. Right. And I could see a point of that. And years later, when I finally got to try it, sure enough, I mean, apart from the initial flailing of like, what the hell am I doing? How did I end up in this situation? Yeah. I'm a complete pretender. I've, just because I've read, seen a few DVD making ofs and, uh, and and have a few art books with uh, bits of storyboard in the back, I know nothing about camera uh, focal lengths or anything like that. I've got no idea about how cameras actually really work or right. anything. Um, but just the process of just... Um, um, putting for me rough marks down and saying it was finished, mm-hmm. even if I had to go over and over and over iterating different versions of it and realizing, oh, hang on, it's not wrong. I'm just doing, I'm just giving alternatives. Um, that was a learning experience as well. And stepping back and saying, hey, look, I'm not doing comics and the world didn't end. <laughs> Right. Just to bring it back to where we were coming from, yeah. it, that was that was the thing. It was like a, it was it was it was re, it was it was great. It was a breath of fresh air. Yeah. And also the point of realizing I couldn't say, "Hey, I'm working Monday to Friday. It doesn't matter how much I've got in, done in there. I'm still getting paid whatever I've fucking done." Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was and 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 all of a sudden bits of roof got fixed on the house, <laughs> and uh, you know, and for, for just from a purely remunerative point of view that was a revelation um yeah anyway yeah just it was good just to break you know it's not entirely breaking the process like i say it's still storytelling um but it's not the be all and end all it doesn't have to you know no one's I mean, these days people do get to see storyboards, of course. Back, you know, back in the day, it was rare for anybody to yeah. see this stuff. But just just being able to do something, um, being part of something else, and part a uh, part of a process that was kind of, that was that was actually kind of nice, rather than just thinking uh, just the the tyranny of of a finished page, a finished book. Yeah, which is something I've. You know, I battled. I, I I still battle my way through these things, but uh, I'm obstinate in nothing else. Right, but that's good. Um, you know what I mean? Like, I think if you weren't battling, then you're not you're not seeking. You know, like I mean, I think that that's yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I think so. I could have made it a little bit easier. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. But 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 the reality of it is, I'm that's me saying it. Of course, I couldn't have made it any easier. It's still me, right? Um, w- without a complete, you know, without having my head sorted by somebody else, like scoop out the scoop, scoop out my brain, take out the shit that doesn't work, put it all back together, and um, 
yeah, let's make comics. Right. Comics are fun. Yay. I, I, you know, yeah, I, I've, I've never had that button that says, comics are fun all the time. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, comics, comics, comics. God, this is fucking hard. It's work. <laughs> it's work. It, it, it is work. It is work. It will work. Yeah. It, it's very yeah. hard work. And, you know, I mean, I mean, it, it's just, it's this interesting work that we are emotionally drawn to. Like the the things in the arts, we are emotionally drawn to it. So we will suffer through the process because we're so invested in the hope and the dream of the thing. So we'll keep going, and that's like that's our own <laughs> doing. You know? Yeah, it is. It is because it's. It, it, because that's why you did it in the first place, yeah. because you read something that blew your mind mm-hmm. and thought, well, I can kind of do that. I mean, it's like I can do do something like that, that, that I'll, I'll, I'd like to blow some minds. That 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 would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> Not realising that in the process, you're going to cut off that part of yourself that can physically enjoy it so much yeah. for yourself forevermore yeah you're sacrificing um, you sacrifice yeah you know to transmute that into the thing like that's what you, yeah that's what you throw on the altar i guess in some sense is that little thing yeah i think so i find it very hard to get that same enjoyment out of actually reading reading books these days yeah it's not I, i'm not saying i don't at all but no. it's just i just they're, they're, you know different it's a different thing like i yeah. tr- like I, I you know i'll see something you know like obviously any of like sean and ed's stuff on the reckless stuff i'm looking at my bookshelf but i'm saying this and you know <laughs> you know you get these kind of things like you know what tom king and greg smallwood did on the human target was really great you know oh yeah no it's, it's lovely stuff yeah and you go okay cool yeah. like that's but that's not that's not what we grew up on it's a different it's a very different monster and it's wonderful it is and i'm you know and i'm I think we're fortunate for having that in our lives, that sort of sophistication and maturity that we go, Oh, okay. Well, like, you know, this is what I would have with a cocktail, you know, like we're an adult now, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. You take it where you can get it. I mean, I, I'm I'm probably, I, I, you know, there's, there's probably a lot of books I've, I've, I've have enjoyed as much, but it's impossible to read them the same way. I think that's what it comes down. It's very rare. You, actually gain that much momentum or I gain that much momentum while I'm reading something to not be aware on it on that other level of seeing it as a, a, a creator yeah. as well, which is, is a little bit frustrating. It's the advantage of, of watching a movie because the thing is it's going to move. It's relentless. Mm-hmm. Um, regardless of whether you're, re- you're ready for it, that move is going through its timeline. Yeah. It started and it will finish and you're there for the duration, however you deal with it. Yeah. If it's a car chase, it means I'm going to fall asleep. So that's how I deal with it. <laughs> but with a comic, yeah, and it's a comic, you know, you control that speed and, you know, it's easy to stall at a certain point uh, because your mind's working on, you know, it's processing it in a different way. Because you're you're seeing that comic through your own experiences, and mm-hmm. um, it's, it's bloody frustrating it at times. Yeah, I'm going through. So I'm going through a period right now. If I am rewatching, when I say rewatching, I really am like rewatching all the films that were 
out and on television, like on the weekends when I was growing up in the seventies. So all these movies that I sh- probably shouldn't have been watching uh, or should not have been on, on television for a 10 year old. I was, I'm, I'm rewatching <laughs> these things as an adult and just what, you know, marveling at the sophistication of this genre you know, of film, the filmic, you know, qualities that happened in the seventies that, you know, long past. And it, it's been a, it's been a great sort of exploratory process in story for me as, you know, an adult now. They're going to be a lot more raw, aren't they, at the end uh-huh. of the day? I mean, they're not going to be like, they're not going to be uh, it, special effects extravaganzas for the most part, exactly. are they? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's- so you, you're very much more aware of the edit and, 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 and if there's dialogue there, it's pared down, it's sparse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty cool and slow. <laughs> yeah, but they're only an hour and a half long. They're never long. That's true. Minutes. So you. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even, yeah. If, even if even if it's a clunker, it the investment is really quite short. So I'm I'm all in. I'm okay with that. Yeah. No, I should I should do that. Even just go even dialing it forward and just look looking at all the um. I don't know. I'd probably have to start with something like Jason and the Argonauts and then go to Star Wars and what, right. and then watch through all the Spielbergs and whatever. All the stuff that got me really, really excited. Yeah. Uh, I was already into old old black and white science fiction stuff yeah. or whatever, old genre stuff. But um yeah, I could I could probably do with um revisiting all that stuff actually. And, yeah, I, w- uh, I won't make my wife go through the cruddy stuff. Like I'll watch Fantastic Voyage on my own. But um, you know <laughs> I loved that. Yeah, do you know I I was looking at that for reference earlier. I loved that movie. It was so fun. It was good. Yeah, yeah. So one thing that you said earlier, and you you were talking about stuff, and it made me think about in the terms of process. And one of the greatest things that I le- I gained in understanding process was when I stumbled into teaching, and I I took over Dave Johnson's drawing class, which then led to me teaching design and advertising classes for a school, which they should all have their head examined for actually even allowing me to do that. But (laughs) what it did is it allowed me to, they they would ask questions and I had to answer their questions. So I had to take apart my process, which I didn't even know I had a process. You know, as you said, hairstylist, costume designer, all the typographer, like all these things you had to do to make a page happen are all these skill sets that you have to bake in. And I was answering all these very specific typography and design and, you know, composition questions. And so I would have to break my process down to explain to them how you do, you get to these sort of these conclusions. And, um, and the reason I say it, I was like, invest, if, if you, if you have the opportunity, definitely investigate that, like teach a master class of something just for a weekend to people and you will learn so much about what you take for granted, but you will be able to look at it with objectivity when you engage with it. I can see that actually that, uh, as you were describing it, um, yeah, I would, oh man, that'd be, a, I can see how it'd be illuminating and also a nightmare. Um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, I, I might have to, I've been asked. I have been asked a, a fair few times, and it's not something I've done till now. It's the sort of thing I'm. I'm happy to talk to people one on one. Yep. Specifically, um, but 
on mass yeah i can just i it's too many conflicting questions i can just be, imagine being reduced to a puddle at the end of the day <laughs> yeah and listen i you know i love talking but i my initial reaction to crowds is i turn bright red like that's just yeah 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 i have that sort of that bit of me that that eight-year-old in me who got embarrassed for whatever the reason was and i still will get nervous and turn bright red but after a point then that kind of falls away and then it's just at that point you're reacting you know to the questions and uh i don't know i mean i would i i can't encourage it enough with, with with you know the creative growth in all of us to take that and turn it into something else i can so i can totally see the point i mean it was yeah i mean just just the just simply understand as, as a way of understanding where your own head is mm-hmm. and what you actually really believe um because all this stuff is i mean otherwise all these the, the that process it is it's internalized it's so many things happening all at once yeah and how um, I can only imagine uh, the absolute horror that the, the responses, uh, your responses were met with. Like, well, how can you hold that idea and this idea simultaneously? Right. How does that work? Well, it's not just that. It's this idea as well. And also, it's not just that page. It's the page before and the page afterwards. And what goes beyond, it's, um, yeah. it's kind of ridiculous. Um I got. I, I watched. I, I I spent a little, little bit of time watching um, uh, an, an an editor watch when I was uh, when I was doing storyboarding uh, on, on on the Star Wars, and I watched what he was doing. And a lot of the time, he was speaking out loud about what he was doing and re- requesting particular cuts to be emptied into his bin. Mm-hmm. And he he knew every cut that was available, and uh, just seeing his process. Um, because he was talking, like talking out loud, talking to himself, requesting stuff, seeing all this happen at once, and then seeing all these clips appear on screen and reordering the moving stuff around was um, was kind of amazing. I mean, it was it was a ba- more basic version, I suppose, of uh, uh, I'm not going to remember the Spielberg in that movie now, am I? Uh, minority report oh, yeah, yeah. moving all the pieces around yeah, yeah sure yeah which is everybody's fantasy let let's be creative yes let's wave our arms around and magic will happen and i'll have a deeper understanding of everything um which would be great wouldn't that be? um but it was it was it was just fascinating watching him do this um and then realizing i had to get on with my own work of course but just just seeing um seeing it all uh, all this stuff externalized yeah and you know, he's he's playing with time on the screen. There's it was, so, it was, so was mind blowing. There's so there's a series, and if you've seen it, you know, uh, uh, you, you can stop me now. But it's called Every Frame of Painting, and it's a series that was no longer happening, but it was on YouTube, and you can you can watch it. They're average about eight minutes long, and they were produced by a, an editor from Vancouver. And I think there's maybe, I don't know, 30 of these videos. And so they're they're not long, but man, they go into Kurosawa, Spielberg. I mean, all these amazing film directors and breaking down what they're doing and why they're doing it and the framing and the lighting. And it is, I I mean, because I don't, I don't draw that much anymore, but I watch this stuff maybe once a year, just so I can like, 
glean a little bit more mojo of storytelling from these things. So I'll forward you the link. I've got to say, Lynn, I've seen a couple of those before, actually. Yeah. And yeah, I, 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 I'm going to have to, uh, yeah, that, that does sound good, actually. I'm going to have to have a look at that. Yeah. Um, it were, it's just worth it just for recharging batteries. Yeah. Yeah. We need, I mean, we in anything we do, I think it's just a matter of like, you know, not to mention like physicality, keeping yourself as physical as you can be because sitting at a chair is not good for our bodies all day long and, you know, and our minds <laughs> and all this stuff. It's like, it's just, it really, it, you know, had we known that when we were in our twenties, we'd probably be in much finer shape, but you know, this is how it goes. Um, why don't we, I mean, I, dude, I could, I could probably keep talking with you for hours and I, you know, and I don't, I don't, I don't want to impose any more time on you. Let's talk a little bit, like just give the overview of the new Hellboy book. And then we'll just kind of tie things up after that. New Hellboy book, giant robot Hellboy. Um, yeah, what, I don't know what I, I, I don't know why I can really say about it. There's a little preview out there if, if, already. Hellboy taken by scientists, put into a virtual reality of some sort, wakes up in the body of a giant version of himself. What the hell's going on? Mm-hmm. And that is pretty much the premise of the book. Mad scientist, Hellboy in a machine, wakes up as a robot. Crap happens, <laughs> and it's it's just a lot of fun. And I know there's let's talk about Mike like doing his homage to kaiju movies, um, even though he's never really watched them. And I've not really watched them much either. Right. Um, to me, my reference point was um, Jason and the Argonauts, uh, the scene with Talos coming to life, mm-hmm. um, which is one of those things I saw so many times as a kid. I mean, all the Ray Harryhausen and stuff, but it was always, for me, it was always Jason and the Argonauts, that moment when uh, uh, the Argonauts come out. Is, is it Perseus? I want to say Perseus, not Perseus. Can't remember, and Hercules come out the basis of the statue of Talos. Look up this huge statue towering uh-huh. above them, and Talos turns his head and looks down, and it just it, it blows my mind. Just, I'm getting shivers even thinking about it now. Yeah. And this, and just the look of it, and, and and the staccato movements of him because it's all stop motion. Yep. It's, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty fluid. It's not that staccato, but it feels right because it's a massive bronze figure. That was my Iron Hellboy. Uh, Iron, you know, giant, giant robot Hellboy. Uh, Iron Giant. These things are all synonymous in my head now. Yeah, I mean that that that's what it was to me. It was this big clunking great lump of steel, and just trying to capture that feel as a he fights daft creatures basically, and just you know things go boom. It's a Hellboy book. Yeah, it started small and it got bigger. I mean, it was only supposed to be. I think originally it's going to take up half of a single issue. Oh, we're talking about doing a one shot, and we're just going to. If we're talking about how we could. Um, it, it, Mike just said, "Do you want to draw?" And out of the blue, we haven't done anything for a while. Do you want to draw a Hellboy book? Sure. What about if we do something? I, I think I might have said actually. Um, the 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 last thing we'd done together was the Beast of Vargu, and that was like an eighteen, a sixteen page story and a four page story. So. We're going to do talking about just doing something like that, uh, a couple of shorts really in one issue, and 
in fact, Giant Robot wasn't even in it initially. I think it was a couple of completely different stories. Then it turned into two issues with a half issue being given over to Giant Robot, I think. And then it just, that just took over everything else. Yeah. Because Mike was obviously just having too much fun with it. I think he was just remembering, you know, remember those quarantine sketches he did uh-huh. uh, during, during the pandemic? And it, I think he revisited that Giant Robot idea uh, six or seven times. And, you know, he it was obviously something he thought was, he probably just drove over, well, that was dumb. <laughs> that was good fun. And that, that was pretty much it. And it, it, it's silly, um, but it's silly on a big scale. And might be Mike couldn't help but draw it into the Hellboy mythos. So, you know, as as always, things start simple and Mike thinks, ah, but if we, now we're doing this, we could draw, connect it with this and connect it with this other thing. And I look more smart again because it looks like I've been planning it all along. Yeah, right. which Mike's really good at doing that. That's great. Um, um, so it's its own thing and it is connected as well. And uh, yeah, it's good. And there'll be more of it as well. I'm laying out the next one at the moment. Oh, right so. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was enough because Sidden, I wasn't sure I wanted to draw comics anymore. Yeah. It was enough fun to think like, you know, if I'm going to draw some more, I can probably draw some more of this. So... You know, we've got a few more issues ahead of us. It's good. You know, man, it's funny. Like, I think I, I, I was I was late in the game of just chasing the thing that I want to do. You know, I think I confused myself to say, like, drawing Marvel characters was what I wanted to do. You know, it, it really it takes it takes time to say, do the thing that you want to do. You know, chase it, make what makes you specifically happy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, um, yeah, I can only agree with that. I mean, I've, I've I had a few experience, small experiences of drawing because I, I mean, I read Marvel as a kid, and I, you know, I, I I dropped out of reading stuff for a long time, just drawing a little bit of Spider Man in the Tangled Web stories. That was enough to make me think. Well, I I don't need to draw. I don't need to draw Spider Man again. I'm not. I, 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 I'm not suited to this, but it was fun to do it. Yeah. even very briefly. And I got to draw all those um, curvy monsters in the in the good monsters thing, and that was fun. And the Hulk, the thing, yeah, you know, I don't need to do it again. Um, I don't need. I don't need to live there. Um, I've, re- I've, you know, it's like I've visited them. I've, I've, I've doffed my cap as well as I could at the time, and move on. Yeah, I, I'm surprised that. Um, yeah, with Hellboy, it's it's it still works for me. I guess that's good. Uh, as long as I don't read, as long as I don't read my own stuff. Fine, yeah, you can <laughs> own body of work from that one. But the uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I just go back, go back to the source, and then I'm and then I'm all cool with it. Yeah, but it is it is fun. And, it is the you know. one comic book created, you know, in the last thirty years that feels like something new that we could we we when it came out we're like this is completely new like i'm i've never seen this before and i want more of it and i think that's and, and so to be able to play in that world is kind of probably the same joy of that 12 year old in us i think that's as close as i'm gonna get yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's fine and that's okay um anything else that like you want to you know 
toot your horn about that's coming up and you know uh, uh let me think there's um do you know what? i've not done a hell of a lot more that that's that it's going to be seen uh, i did a there's a, a fish flies covers for jeff lemire that i think he, he he couldn't wait and put out on instagram already anyway okay. that was fun to do uh i just completed an illustration for ryan hughes's new novel the designer who's done so many comic logos um he's, he's a novelist now he's, he's, oh, he's cool. had two books out and working on his third and um so yeah there's an illustration in that that was fun there's probably other stuff i'm not thinking of um yeah no i'm happy with buy, buy giant robot hellboy and um and and so that i don't have to nice <laughs> that's awesome well duncan i Thanks. This was great. Um, this is, you know, it took, it took us a while to line this one up and I'm really happy that we took the time. I'm really grateful that you took the time. So. Are you welcome? It's been fun. Yeah. It's been circuitous and tangential as, as I expected. 